Talk of the Town with topics that matter. Here's Lisa Kay. We are back on Talk of the Town. My name is Lisa Kay. Back in the studio with our friends from Minnesota Valley Action Council. We've got Ann McGregor. How are you doing, Ann? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I came back from a little trip and I, I hear you had snow. It came and went. In the time that I was gone. Yes, thankfully, it, it didn't last. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't I'm last. I'm very sick of the snow. It is uh, very strange to be gone someplace warm. I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it was warm for me at 67 degrees, but the locals were wearing the hoodies with the hoods up and everything, and that was a little bit crazy. We're, we're going to talk about cool weather. We are. As long as it's cold out, uh, I have Judge Schultz with me. He <laughs> is the housing director, and he's going to be talking about the cold weather rule. There's a lot of misconceptions on what that means, and so hopefully we can get that cleared up today. Yes, hello. How are you doing, Judd? Good. How about yourself? Good. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming back in. Um, and and I it got to 80 by the time we had left Scottsdale, so it was it was at least a little bit warmer than yeah, here. Rumor, but, rumor has it it's going to be in the 70s next week. That Knock on something, man, because I am <laughs> just ready for it. Well, um, we, we live here for the two days in June that are wonderful. That's it. So. Just two days. I actually said that to somebody. They're like, oh, it gets up to 110 degrees. I said, maybe we'll get that once. I don't know. Maybe not even that. Uh, with that, we don't have to worry about the cold weather rule during those two days in June. But right. right now, I mean, are we still in the middle? Explain what the cold weather rule is. Well, the cold weather rule is a state law that provides protection for low-income households to ensure that their heat and electric stays on um, during the cold winter months. It runs from October 1st of each year through April 30th of the following year. And that, over the last two years, was actually recently expanded. So it added about uh, an additional 30 days of protection. The cold weather rule covers our regulated uh, utilities. So it covers our natural gas providers and our electric companies. So those that are regulated utilities are covered by the cold weather rule. Um, those that have delivered fuels like propane and oil are not covered by the cold weather rule. Oh, okay. So it's only those regulated utilities. So you're talking Excel, you're talking Centerpoint Energy, Minnesota Energy Resources, and then all your electric co-ops mm-hmm. and municipal utilities are all covered. Uh, all need to ab- abide by the cold weather rule. What do the folks do that have the propane? Is that just they're on their own on their own island? Pretty much. Okay. They need to work with their with their provider. Um, back about five, six years ago when we had the big propane crisis where mm-hmm. it shot up and there was limited supply, the state of Minnesota actually passed a law that said all those delivered fuel vendors need to offer a payment plan to all their customers. Okay. But... If you don't follow the payment plan, you can quickly go back to cash on delivery only. Right. So, so there is a, a little bit there, but um, not really. If you're a delivered fuel uh, household, you need to work with your utility, with your provider, with that vendor to make sure you can get delivered and get payments made or and, get fuel. And we're talking about being able to keep the uh, the heat and the electric right. on. You said um, both heat and electric. Uh, right. And this, when did uh, when did they expand this? Uh, it must have been about uh, two or three years ago. That it, it used to run October fifteenth to April fifteenth. Was that not that, long enough, or was were they finding our our weather patterns changed at all? I, I think it it was a couple different things. We went through a period of big increase in prices for. Uh, 
energy and then we had the pandemic come along and so i think they were just looking for some extra protection a little more time for those households to make Mm -hmm. sure they stayed connected during those times when especially for the heat when when they would need that are there other states that have the cold weather rule or or that you're aware of or you know what i i haven't really checked that out i'm not aware but this because we live here yeah that was just a random question for you just popped into my head this this is a minnesota state law so it's not something that is a national um a national thing that all states uh will jump on so this is an actual minnesota state law for this cold weather rule that says this has to take place and the minnesota public utilities commission is actually the agency that governs this rule that takes care of it so it's not it's not us it's not mvac we don't go out and tell these energy vendors what they have to do it's Mm -hmm. not not the department of commerce it is the minnesota public utilities commission okay all right. And then how, so then how does Minnesota Valley Action Council get involved with this and, and the cold weather rule? Well, we are, we offer the energy assistance program throughout the nine counties of South Central Minnesota. And so part of what we do is, is um, besides processing those applications and helping households with, uh, with that heating and electrical payments, we advocate on their behalf when they are in a situation where they maybe can't make that payment mm-hmm. and they maybe are threatened with a, with a disconnect or, to being, um, or they are disconnected from their utilities. We advocate on their behalf, and one of the things we'll talk to them about is the cold weather rule, and we will educate the household on what that means and what they need to do. And then we also um, have relations with all those energy providers in our nine counties, and we know that they need to know about the cold weather rule, and we're often having often having conversations with them about that same rule, just to make sure that everybody's on the same page, that um, both the energy provider and the household are doing what they're required to do. So um, it's called the cold weather rule, but it's got two parties to it. It's got the household and it has the energy providers. So they both have a role to play and they both need to follow the rules. And so we just try to have the conversations with them, make sure they know what those rules are, but but we by no means govern that rule. If anybody has a complaint, if a, if a household would have a complaint that they don't think their utility provider is um, following the rules and treating them fairly with that cold weather rule, then they would contact the Public Utilities Commission. They have a consumer affairs office that they would contact directly, and they can file a complaint, and then the Public Utilities Commission takes it from there. Okay. So one of the big misconceptions is it's wintertime. You can't shut me off. Right. They can. They can. They can. They can. can. Okay, so can we, does that fall under those rules? Can we talk about some of those rules that you you deal with people on and educate? So so essentially, um, with the cold weather rule, first of all, the utility providers are required to send out notices to all their customers before October of each year, reminding them that this is a protection. If they're income eligible, they have to apply for it. Um, but the utilities pr- provider is required to send out that information and then take applications and process them. The utility provider is also required to offer a reasonable payment plan uh, to households if they have a past due balance coming into this cold weather room mm-hmm. period. Um, and then also... Um, during the year, generally in January, uh, those utility providers will send out another notice about the cold weather rule to their clients. So you don't just have to apply for the cold weather rule at the beginning of the period. You can apply at 
any time during the period. So you could apply on April 1st for okay. the cold weather okay. rule so Maybe protection. I've been able to make it through a couple of right. months here, but maybe I'm right. falling behind or something else has happened. Exactly. And so the utility provider is responsible for getting that information out to their clients and then accepting applications, working with that client to establish a reasonable payment plan, and then honoring the cold weather rule protection as long as the household follows through on what they're supposed to do. Let's talk a little bit about that because I think what I imagine happening in some households is we fall behind on a bill, Mm -hmm. we get embarrassed or nervous or Mm -hmm. scared about what we're going to do, so we do nothing and we just maybe like you said and go under that well it's the winter time they can't shut me off but yes they can right what can we do as consumers to make sure to protect ourselves against that and kind of well first of all um households should apply for the cold weather rule if they're eligible in order to apply for that at the beginning of the period you either need to have a zero balance at the time you apply or you establish a reasonable payment plan with your utility provider at the time you apply. And then the household's obligation is to make the payments on that payment plan. Mm -hmm. If they cease to make payments, stop making payments, whatever, the utility provider with due notice can shut them off, even during the winter months. So the advice we give to those um, low-income homeowners that are protected by the cold weather rule that maybe had to request a payment plan is is one, apply for energy assistance because that can pay a chunk of a past due bill and there's um, not only, um, there's, there's just a lot of funds available that can help somebody with that. Our average benefit amount to a household is a little over $500. So, oh, wow. um, so that's pretty good. And then, I mean, that can play into that, but if, but if you're on that payment plan and you're struggling to make that payment or you miss a payment, you need to stay in communication with your energy provider. You need to talk to them, let them know what's going on. They can adjust that payment plan. They, they, they are required to work with you to uh, make sure that um, what they're doing works for both parties so that they can keep that uh, person connected. Um, Regardless of what people think, energy vendors don't like to disconnect people. I mean, mm-hmm. they want to keep them connected, but um, they are a business and they can't just let people not pay their bill. They have to, right. at some point, they have to take that action. It sounds like communication is key. Communication is key. What we find most of the time when people call us and are not happy with their energy provider and are upset because they don't feel they're being uh, treated correctly with that cold weather rule, I mean, the first question we ask is, have you called them? Have mm-hmm. you talked to your energy provider and explained your situation and asked about adjusting that payment plan? And generally, people haven't. And so you're right. Mm-hmm. When you earlier said about you know embarrassment, you know concerned, anxious, exactly. People are having all those feelings, but you need to reach out to your energy provider, especially if you already are on a payment plan. <clears throat> you need to reach out to them, and then. Even if you do that and then you apply for energy assistance and you know you're going to get a benefit payment made to your energy provider, that's another reason to reach out to them to say, hey, I was on this payment plan, but I applied for energy assistance and I know I'm going to get this benefit amount because we, they get a letter that says what it is and have that conversation with your energy provider. And what does that mean? Maybe that payment plan can be adjusted. 
you know, if the energy provider knows this money is coming in, maybe they can lower that payment amount. Oh, sure. So just you need to stay in communication with your provider. If, if you do that, providers are more willing to work with you rather than if you just ignore the problem. Right, right. Okay, it sounds like that that's just one of the main pieces of advice you would give people. Yep. Right? Exactly. We're here with Minnesota Valley Action Council today, Ann McGregor and Judge Schultz, in talking a little bit about the cold weather rule and uh, you had mentioned applying for energy assistance. Now, let's talk about that and, and what capacity that you would be able to help somebody with that assistance and eligibility requirements sure. and such. So, as you said, MVAC or Minnesota Valley Action Council administers the, uh, the energy assistance program throughout the nine counties of South Central Minnesota. Um, that is a federal program uh, where funds come down from the Health and Human Services uh, Federal agency to the state and the state department of commerce then manages that program and so it makes funds available to low-income households to help pay their energy bills during the the winter months Uh, energy can both be heating and electric bills Um, we can also repair or replace furnaces with that program Mm. so when a person applies there's a question right on that application that asks if your furnace is working Um, this year, we still have water funds available, so we're also able to pay people's water bills, and those, that was funding that came through the American Rescue Plan, ARPA, mm-hmm. um, from the federal government, so that was some special money that we have yet this year. So we can do a lot to help people with those energy bills um, if they're in a tough place. It is income sensitive. The income requirements were recently increased to 60% of statewide median income. It used to be 50%. So it's a little bit of a bump. Um, And then we look at the previous three months of income from when a person applies. So when they sign, and so if they filled out an application today and dated it April, we're going to look at their income from March, February, and January. And by recent, like within the last month. So Mm -hmm. if they applied for energy assistance and were over income, uh, they should do it again. Yes, Do it again. Right. Yeah. And that's true. It's people who maybe apply at the beginning of the period and we look at those past three months of income. Maybe they were working that whole time, but they get laid off for a period of time in the fall winter. <coughs> they can reapply um, and then we can look at that income again and they may be eligible. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so like I say, that income limit was recently increased from 50% of statewide median to 60% of statewide median. Um, so that's a nice little bump, so more people will be eligible. And then uh, along with furnace repair replacement and the water bill, we have a, an, a, 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 an additional source of funds called crisis funds. So if a household is has a disconnect notice or is disconnected, there's potentially additional funds that they can receive to help pay that past due bill so generally how that works is somebody applies early in the program year they get their primary heat benefit it covers their bill for a little while and then they start getting bigger bills as we get into the heating season Mm -hmm. and then they get behind and they get that disconnect notice they can come back to us and then um, since they've already applied previously they can come back to us they're in that crisis situation and then we can review that and potentially help them with some additional funds can you talk a little bit about what uh, Minnesota Valley Action Council will do in order to uh, to help people move from maybe needing that energy assistance to not needing it? 
anymore. Well, that's a that's a really good thing. There's a, a, another <laughs> section of the program. It's called uh, proactive funds. And so what we are required to do as uh, a service provider of these funds is uh, when the state allocates the funds out to all the service providers, they hold a little bit back uh, from each of us. And then they require us to put together a plan on how we're going to serve households. And specifically, what are we going to do to educate our households on budgeting? What are we going to do to help them to get to a point where exactly where they don't need the crisis? Right, because this isn't something where we're just going to just give me the yeah. free money, give me the money, yep. give me the money over and over right. without some sort of education or counseling. Exactly. And so this year, what our plan is, uh, Benko Electric uh, partnered with us. They have some funds that they collect from their members called uh, caring members funds. Okay. So they actually collect money from people, they can make a donation on their bills, and then they will use that money if somebody is behind or can't pay it. And generally, if the energy assistance program is over and they have a need for us, then we can access those sharing and caring funds. We have to get permission from them, but then there's a pool of funds that we can use to help somebody make their payments. So this year, what we're doing is, is we're targeting uh, some of those Banco Electric customers um, they are going to be required to work with Banco to establish a payment plan, mm-hmm. um, and they have to adhere to that payment plan. Once they establish that payment plan, we will provide $50 towards their bill. And then they're required to do some financial education, which can be done online. And then there's uh, there are quizzes and things like that, and there will be a certificate they can get at the end of that that period of uh, doing those online courses. And once they do that and prove that they did that, they can get an additional $50 paid towards their bill. So once again, it's getting them the resources so that they can learn how to better budget um, and better prepare for times in the winter months. Mm -hmm. One of the things we always educate people on is talk to your utility provider and get on a payment plan, a budget plan where you're paying the same amount each month. It's easier to pay $50 a month than it is to come up with $300 at one time and you have to pay it. True. And so luckily my friend, Ann, who's our (laughs) financial education guru at at Minnesota Valley Action Council, there's lots of good online resources we can use to do that. Yeah. But more importantly, each month that I, you know, I bring a guest and this is another program that we provide we are moving towards what is called whole family. Mm-hmm. And one day I'll have Molly on here to explain what whole family is. But it's the concept of using all of these programs that we provide mm-hmm. and giving people the skills to move out of poverty, to move up. Right. Mm-hmm. So while we've got this and you're in crisis, this is going to help you. But we also have education so that you can get a degree so that you can get a better job. Mm-hmm. The whole idea is with the whole family is for us to not have jobs. <laughs> Literally. I mean, all these things that we do is, is, and I routinely tell that staff is you should be looking at it as working yourself out of a job as right. you help this household. Cause ideally we don't want anybody to be in crisis. They come in, they are just, they're upset. They're anxious. They're angry. And we have to deal with that mm-hmm. and try to tell them what we can do and sometimes what we cannot do. And that just is uncomfortable situations. Right. So if we can teach them how to better themselves, how to better their situation and, and provide them 
the resources so they can see how to do that. That's really what we want to do. But financial education is one of the key components. I've been doing financial education since 1999, and getting people into my classes is not easy. But once they get in there, they're going, oh, if I had learned this in mm-hmm. high school, I would not be where I'm at there right now. There are some things yeah. definitely that should be taught uh, so, at a much exactly. earlier age before we're out. Um, and, uh, Minnesota Valley Action Council serves a pretty wide range of counties. Let's talk about that um, as we uh, end our time together today. And then the sure. people that are listening in said counties uh, sure. could contact you. Um, so nine counties of South Central Minnesota, that's Blue Earth, Brown, Faribault, Lesueur, Martin, Nicollet, Sibley, Wasika, and Wantanwan counties. Impressive you did that without looking at the list. Yeah, well, yeah. Been here <laughs> 19 years. Gotta do it years. alphabetically. Yeah, yeah. right? Um, and then the, the other thing to remember is, so we serve these nine, these nine counties. There are other agencies like ours that are doing the same energy assistance program in the counties around us. Okay. So you need to, if you're not in one of these nine counties, there is an agency out there that is doing the same work. And so you need to uh, find out who that is and apply there. If you would end up calling us you're in one of those counties on the side and we would let you know who that is and who to get to um one other thing about the cold weather rule some other misconceptions is it is only for those regulated utilities a lot of times people think they can't be evicted from their apartment because it's the winter months because of that cold weather rule protection cold weather rule protection only applies to regulated utilities and only if both parties are following the rules Good to know. Good to know. If we want more information on this, uh, best place to go? Go to our website. That would be www.mnvac.org. Or if uh, they want to call our our office, they can ask to speak to one of our uh, energy assistance staff, and they can also help them with that. And that number is? Lizzie looks at me. (laughs) (laughs) They always look at me. It's 345-6822. Or 345-MVAC. We're going to put those on the show notes underneath this on KTOE.com as well. Once again, Judge Schultz, thank you so much. And always good to see you. And uh, thanks for bringing Judd in and getting us some, um, well, hopefully, you know, we're not going to be needing this after April, right? We're going to have warm weather. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) We'll keep our fingers crossed. So we'll see you next time. Thank you to Minnesota Valley Action Council. Thank you.